And welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where we study being social by being social. Today's episode is brought to you by Running Late for Work. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Listen, if you are not a teacher and you're listening to this podcast, I need you to just like dial it in to level 100 because you need to empathize with us right now. Being late or running late to work as a teacher It's like its own absolutely horrifying situation. Allow me to explain. Okay, so this week, my dad had surgery. As you know, I live across the country, or maybe you don't know. I don't know. Well, if you're new here, welcome to my life. I currently live in Seattle, Washington. I am from Detroit, Michigan. My parents are still down there in the Detroit area. I'm across the country living over here in Seattle. My biggest fear in life is that I'm going to be here. Something terrible is going to happen to them over there. And then I'm going to have to scramble to get back home. Anyway, my parents, like most teachers, are aging at uh, the rate of milk that's been sitting out on the counter. Sorry, because I know you guys listen to the podcast, but you know what? Facts are facts. And my dad had surgery this week. All right. Now, don't we don't need to worry about it. It's okay. It wasn't like serious. He just had part of his foot removed. <laughs> Which is pretty damn serious. Anyway, so you know, he went in. I took some time to like call him, talk to him, make sure everything was going well. Yada yada blah 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 blah. And because of that, I was running late to work. Now I don't know what it is, but if you leave like five minutes later than your schedule around here, you're stuck in traffic. Now, also, let me just like pause for a second and tell Seattle, you all need to calm the hell down. You think that this is traffic? I can't believe it. Seattle people are always complaining about Seattle traffic. I'm like, I am from the city where cars were made, okay? And also, the roads there are horrible. You might as well be driving a hoverboard on the moon. That's how rocky it is, driving on 75 in Michigan. All right? It's it's pretty damn horrible. And the traffic is insane. And then I lived in Chicago. Equally as insane. I once got caught in a snowstorm. It took me three and a half hours to get home. The traffic isn't bad here in Seattle. Y'all just can't drive. That's the thing. The Seattle people, you guys are passive aggressive. You need to drop the passive and just drive aggressively. Like, just get in there. Just merge your little ass up in there, all right? And we won't have this problem. Anyway, I leave. There's slight traffic, but I'm running late for work. Now, if you are in the business world or whatever, and you're running late for work, I don't, what what are the stakes here, right? Your coffee might get cold. Your intern might be sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for you to get there like a lost puppy because they don't know what to do without you. You might log in a little late to a Zoom meeting of only adults who are capable of exhibiting patience. Like what is, what are the stakes, right? This is what happens when you're late to work as a teacher, okay? We'll start with being mildly late, right? I'm, I actually, believe it or not, 
like to get to work very early. And there's a very specific reason for that. It's because of the copy machine. I don't mess with the line at the copy machine. There is like this one witching hour in education. And if you get to work past this one time, everybody's sending shit to the copy machine. I can't do it. Also, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not like down for the socialization. I'm a very social creature. Okay. I thrive off of, you know, walking into a party and being like, now we can start. Allow with me to entertain you. Okay. I have been known to be the life of the party. Just saying. Okay. But I'm not going to do that at the copy machine, especially if school hasn't started yet. Like I am on a mission here. Okay. I have to get these copies made and I have to get the morning work on the table before the kids get here. Because if I don't, they will have nothing to do. If they have nothing to do, they will start turning their scissors into ninja stars. Like, do you people not understand? Do you not get it? So if you're running mildly late, that's the risk you're running. The other risk you're running is the closer it gets to the bell, the more people will come into your room and throw a curveball at you, which is fine. No, like you have to do it. I've done it to other people too. It has to be done. But it's just like, okay, like can, can, I, can I take two seconds to sift through my email? The answer is no, you can't because you came to work past teacher witching hour, you're screwed. Not to mention, technology's never on your side. God forbid you have something technologically driven planned for the morning, because if that's not working, Molly, you're in danger, girl. Like, uh-uh, no. Okay, now let's give you the other scenario. You're running severely late. You're running, you're running like us. You're like, you're gonna miss first bell. The first thing that you're risking is the state of embarrassment. Like, I feel like in the business world, correct me if I'm wrong, you show up five minutes late. Everyone's just kind of like, it happens. Take your coat off, get to the coffee machine, come back down and start your day. You run late to work even by five minutes as a teacher, you have to walk past a parade of parents who are literally piercing through your soul with eyes of judgment. They're looking at you, and every time it happens to me, oh yeah, this has happened multiple times. Let's be real, we're people too. I feel like every single human is running a little bit late to work at least once a year. Can we all agree that's normal? And I've been teaching for 10, so throw me a friggin' bone. So every time it happens, I look at the parents and I'm like, I guarantee they think I'm hungover. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I'm like, I swear, they think that you are a hot, disheveled mess. You were at the bar all night and now you're here to teach their kids. They're looking at you with eyes of judgment. You should probably go to confession and repent for your sins, Joe Dombrowski, even though you didn't go out the night before. That is what it feels like. They're all just looking straight at you, judging your morality. I mean, with good reason, too. They're dropping off their friggin' children. Like, they have to trust you. It was worse when I was younger because, um, I mean, sometimes I was hungover. But back to the fact that we're people, too. The bars are open during the week, and I'm a legal-age adult. I'm allowed to indulge. It was, it never was like a problem. 
Okay. <laughs> I never like, I never like went to work and was throwing up in the bathroom. Although a couple of you have, you wrote me and told me that. Mm-mm. But then parents aside, now you have to go into the room and there's unattended children. There's nothing scarier than a classroom full of unattended kids. Okay. It sends a shrill down my spine to think of what they're capable of. All right. You know, you got those two who are like oil and water every single year. If you're not there to monitor the situation, it's going to turn into a straight up MMA ring in my classroom. Like when I taught fifth grade, I would seriously be running late to work. I'm like, yep, this is around the time when they've all rearranged their desks to be a circle. There's two of them shirtlessly fighting in the middle. Next to positive, they're going to take out their toolboxes and start beating each other over the heads with it. Like that's that's what's happening. Now in kindergarten, it's a different story. I think they would just like get into some mischief. And by some mischief, I'm pretty sure one of them would stick a pipe cleaner into an outlet just just to try to like reinvent electricity. They would do that. But also, I know one of them would fall off their chair. If I'm not there to tell them to sit in their chair in a safe way, (laughs) it's game over, okay? Kindergarten teachers, can you just vibe with me for a second on this thought? Is there a world where we can invent a kindergarten classroom where the tables and the chairs are cemented into the ground? Like, literally this week, I was like, do I have bronchitis? No, nope. Your voice is just starting to go because you say the phrase four on the floor a solid 700 times a day. That's why. And they're all sitting all like totally cockeyed. One sits on the edge of her chair like it's a friggin' perch and she's a cockatiel. I'm like, listen, I understand that Polly want a cracker right now, but you know what I want? I want to not lose my job because you fell backwards and got a five-year-old concussion. So do me a favor and just sit correctly. I put this on the internet, actually, and all of these not teachers sort of came for me a little bit, and they're like, if I was the parent, I would say, is she being disruptive? Is she learning? Is she participating? Then it's fine. I don't care how she sits. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then just so you know, When I lose my job, I'm going to come to you to make up the difference for my loss of income. Just so we're clear. Everybody who's not a teacher thinks they can do this. Pause. Let me be the first to tell you, you can't. All right? You handle one, two, maybe three or four at your house. I have 30 at one time. How about that? Please come step into my office. You're more than welcome to take over. I give you 15 minutes before you tap out. And you're only going to tap out because they moved their desks in a circle. And now you're in the middle of a kindergarten wrestling ring. They've tied you by your ankles with a jump rope and are forcing you to eat grass. Why grass? I don't know. I don't know why they do anything they do. Teaching kindergarten, it's like I've been dropped on a different planet. I've said this before. I'm on a different planet. I'm in planet kindergarten. They have their own culture, their own way of doing things, and I'm the odd man out. That's just it. That's how it goes. And rant on that real quick. 
Uh, exciting news. The school's out for summer tours officially happening, going back on tour to bring some stand-up funny to you. Here are the cities that I'm going to be at this summer. If you want to get tickets, go ahead and snag them up. You're going to get tickets at MrDTimes3.com. That's M-R-D-T-I-M-E-S, the number three, dot com. And capacity restrictions are in place this time around. So these tickets will, you know, they'll fly. So if you're thinking about coming to the show, I would act quick. Also, when you go to the website, you'll notice that some of the cities are still listed as TBA. That's because they're just so far out that some of the clubs would prefer not to release tickets yet in case there is some sort of mandate where the city has to move back a phase and they don't want to risk overselling tickets and having to do refunds to people and X, Y, and Z. I understand. I sympathize with the businesses on this one. So if you see your city on that list and it says TBA, no worries. Tickets will be out at some point and you can go ahead and get them. Also, I haven't been on the road in like over a year, almost a year and a half. It's nope. It's going to be over a year and a half by the time this tour starts. So if you don't see your city on the list and you want me to come there, I am more than down to do so. Let your voice be heard in the comments on Instagram. That's I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I went back to Boston three times in one year because Boston came through for you, boy. Like every other comment on any post about my touring was like, Boston, Boston, come to Boston. Boston wants you. Boston needs you. Boston loves the D. Like that's what it was. So what did I do? I did four more shows in Boston. So if you want to see it, you know, make it happen, girl. Here are the cities that I'm coming to this summer. Columbus, Ohio, Liberty, Ohio, Dayton, Toledo, Syracuse, New York, Albany, Hartford, Connecticut, Tampa, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Omaha, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, Kansas City, Missouri, Denver, Colorado, San Jose, California, Irvine, California, Washington, D.C., Richmond, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Pittsburgh, Raleigh, Charlotte, Portland, Grand Rapids, Royal Oak, and Kalamazoo. Michigan. Let's get it. It's going to be fun. Can't wait to see you guys. Get your tickets at MrDTimes3.com. I don't know what, what are the funniest things that's happening right now are these teacher tired stories that you guys keep giving me on Instagram. Oh my gosh. I think I, I think I hit the jackpot this week. Okay. This girl, her name's Danielle. She wrote me with her teacher tired situation. And she told me that she was applying to have her teaching certificate renewed, which anybody who's had to do that knows it's a pain in the ass. It's just 18 steps more difficult than it has to be. And you have to pay for your certificate too. I'm like, listen, they don't even pay me enough to be able to pay for this. Can I get a break? Jeez. Anyway, she said she sent her paperwork in an overly long period of time went by before she heard anything. So she wrote the department and was like, hey, what's going on? In her words, she said they were doing a lot of back and forth and eventually she had enough. So she wrote them a nasty email demanding answers since she had already turned in her paperwork and wanted her teaching certificate renewed. They wrote her back and said, ma'am, 
You sent us the verification of your dog's rabies vaccination. <laughs> Can you imagine? Could you imagine being like, I'm going to send them a nasty email. I'm going to tell them that they need to get it together. Then they email you back and they're like, yeah, ma'am, you sent us paperwork on your dog's bill of health. Like, that is just, that's so good. I've been laughing about it all week. Danielle, I love you, girl. I hope all's well. You sound like you need a nap, baby. Back to kindergartners for a second. They're like really brave. They're very brave. Okay. I don't, sometimes they do things and I'm like, ah, you, I think I'm just like a wee little baby <laughs> because I would never. Like they jump from really, really high places compared to their body size. I'm like, if I was that high, I wouldn't do it. But you know, you're basically a cat. So go for it. We went to Maryland's garden this week, which again, if you're a first time listener, we visit this local woman's garden every week where she does cool stuff for the kids. This week, like Marilyn had an activity planned for the kids and the activity was sift through the compost with the Dixie cup and see how many bugs you can collect. Here's where I draw the line in life. It's bugs. I'm not really scared of much. Bugs? No, ma'am. I don't know why. I'm just like, no, not bugs. I don't know. Even like a, a like a, a lovely, colorful, friendly looking dragonfly. To me, I'm like, here's what's up. Don't really want that around me. Its face reminds me of that scene in Men in Black where that cockroach human is coming out of his own skin. That's that's where my brain goes. Ooh, I'm 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 getting weird just talking about it right now. You should see me. I'm sitting here with like I don't know why my hands are on my teats. I'm just squeezing in fear. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. Marilyn failed to tell me that the number one bug in the compost was going to be centipedes. Now, you hear centipede and you think black coil looking section of spaghetti that curls up in a ball when it's scared and is probably a third of an inch long and relatively slow. The centipedes in this compost were fast as friggin' lightning, which uh, another thing about bugs, the faster they are, the more I have no time for them, right? Reminiscing on this for a minute, I do think this is due to the fact that one time an unidentifiable bug flew at my face and landed on the ground. And when I was done swatting my own face, I looked down. This thing was probably four inches long with pinchers. I took a picture and looked it up later and it was called a giant water bug. I'm like, why is this called a water bug if it was just in the friggin' sky? Okay. Who names these things? This doesn't, this doesn't match. Get it together, Noah or whoever <laughs> did the animal naming. Jeez. So the centipedes were, how do I put it? enormous they were as long as my fingers 
and I'm six foot three. So these are some fat banana hands that I got going on over here. They were thick and they were fast, very fast. Like they saw the light and they were just like, mm, I'm going to run as fast as I can to the next shady place and just go. Uh, also, am I a centipede magnet? I don't know, but they would always come in my direction. I'm over here like, oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Okay, centipede. Yep, kids, put it in your cup. Mmm, isn't that fun, I guess? They were having the time of their lives. Like when they would see a centipede, they would yell, centipede alert, centipede alert, centipede alert, and then chase it and grab it with their fingers. As they were grabbing it with their fingers, I'm like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna 100% vom.com on this here compost day or whatever the hell this is because I just can't do it. I need a heads up when these bug situations happen in the classroom. Oh man, I guess I guess at the end of the day they loved it, so we're we're going to love that journey for them. We we love that journey for you kids. We we absolutely do. They also were sifting through the the compost looking for like other things, other interesting things. <laughs> One kid was in there. He like stood up and he goes, I found poop. It was a pine cone. <laughs> but let's reflect for a minute. If you did think that that pine cone was poop, can I ask you why you picked it up? Oh, because you're five. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, Planet Kindergarten, where it's culturally appropriate to pick up unidentifiable fecal matter. Oh, my lord just just huh. it was teacher appreciation week this week though it was very cute they brought flowers from their houses to me they were so proud they were they would like run up to me be like this is from my front yard i'm like that's so cool and their little notes that they wrote me they were so sweet one of them did write this though and I don't understand. He's been saying this multiple times this week, but he said, I love you, Mr. D. You remind me of a circus actor. I'm like, are we okay with that? Is that a compliment on Planet Kindergarten? I I'm not quite sure how to take it. And then also, what kind of circus actor do you think I am? When I read this out loud, another kid said, you know what? He would make a very good clown. Please, you know, dabble lightly with these sentences, kids. What are we talking? Are we talking like high-level, high-scale Cirque du Soleil clown? Like artsy clown? Or are we talking carnival clown who's in the carnival that was set up in the Target parking lot in less than 24 hours and he has no teeth clown. Like, what type of clown? I don't know. But I'm going to accept it. And I'm going to go ahead and say that this is a good thing. Right? It's a good thing. Okay. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week to all the teachers listening, too, by the way. I know that's most of you. I love you. You are, you are kind. You are smart. You are important. And um, if no one told you, happy Teacher Appreciation Week, sue them.
there were some interesting teacher appreciation week situations going on this week. One teacher wrote me and she told me that for teacher appreciation week, the school did dress as a farmer day. I don't, I don't get it. So to say thanks to teachers, we're going to dress as farmers. That is one, that is a choice. That, <laughs> that's a choice. Oh, that's a choice. Um, I think it probably has something to do with like, thanks for helping us grow. It's a stretch, but it's the thought that counts. I do have to be honest with you on um, Wednesday of this week. The school did give us margaritas. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm going to accept this with open arms. Never have I ever been given alcohol at school. That's a lie. My first boss was amazing. And we definitely gave each other alcohol. I won't say frequently, but it was at a rate that should alarm people. I was like, thank you for this margarita. And also thank you for very much tuning in to my interests because this is everything. I'm into this sort of thing. It also made me very sad because I was like, can I just stay? Oh, nope. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. This was just a COVID relief classroom. Sure. Yes. I will take my margarita and go apply for new jobs. No problem. The job hunt is going... Uh, how do I put this? Not well. <laughs> Not well. A lot of school districts in this area of Washington are in like weird situations like I am where they added too many teachers last year and now they have to hire internally. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll open like some bootleg kindergarten class. Like, yeah, that's what I'll do. Like you have food trucks. I'll just get like one of those storage units that you put outside your house when it's being built and I'll just set it all up like a classroom and it will be kindergarten on wheels. Honestly, if any of you take this idea and I see kindergarten on wheels in the streets, I will sue. And by all means, do not think that I am <laughs> empty with these words. I will sue you. One hundred percent. In the in the words of the very wise Missy Elliott, copywritten, so don't copy me. And that's a reading from the Book of D. Actually, this is a tough job. Trust me, I know it. I tell you every week. Make some time for yourself, and don't forget. I want to hear from you if you're listening. I do. I want to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this. Post it to your Instagram. Tag me. I haven't done a winner in a couple weeks, but yeah, I'm going to send a Mr. D swag pack this week. So go ahead, post about it on social media, and who knows, it might be you. I want to give a special thank you to the Patreon fans. Thank you, everybody on Patreon. I don't know if you guys know this, it's the Patreon that keeps the podcast going. That's how we do it. For five bucks, that is right around the price of a cup of coffee. You get so many benefits from first access to tickets to my shows. You get bonus episodes of Let's Watch TV and the Social Studies podcast. 
I'm always putting out new perks and things in there for you. And also, you get the satisfaction of knowing that you're supporting the podcast. You can become a Patreon fan at patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. That's patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Thank you to our newest Patreon members. I'm so grateful for you. Megan Dunning, Mallory Ruth Setz, Evan White, Amy Tamsky, Hannah Evett, Holly Pelkey, Maria Fernandez, Hillary Rose, Cecilia Tucker, Nikki Azagar, hey Nikki, Jessica Wrench, Angela Lamb, Sierra Lenker, Corey, Michelle Jarrett, Jessica, Amy, Amy McClanahan, Anne, just Anne, Kizipora Glazer, Steven Scriber, Christy Klein, Diana, Savannah Joslin, Irene Williamson, Abigail Reller, Aaron Smith, Christy Duvall, Chris Lundy, Allison Hodson, Emma Lurkin, Jen Rogers, Kara Wenberg, Katie Marshall, Lindsay Shehu, Vitalik Vergara, Amanda Gaboni, someone who didn't even put their first name in, so it just says no name. Hi to you, no name. Amy, Amy with an EY, Veronica Cook, Marianne Gartenlaub, Laura Edwards, C-Fad, Morgan Kutch, Alicia Davis, and Remy Voiglander. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Social Studies Podcast. I love each and every one of you. If you want to become a Patreon fan, you can do that. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. And until then, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.